This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. We're talking today with Dr. Bill Bria, Chief Medical Informatics Officer at Shriners Hospitals for Children. Dr. Bria also is the founder of the Association of Medical Directors of Information Systems, or AMDIS. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Bria. Thank you, Howard. Please briefly describe your role as CMIO, especially for those who may not be real familiar with that title. And how do you get involved in addressing privacy and security issues, especially as it pertains to clinical information, which is kind of your realm? Surely. Well, Shriners uh, Hospitals for Children, uh, uh, and my role as Chief Medical Information Officer, is really to bridge uh, between uh, the use of information technology and the practice of medicine, uh, to, to, to state it simply. Uh, the, the notion of the use of information uh, uh, systems and electronic medical record, to, to be more specific, is now in its uh, going into its sixth year in our healthcare system, and I'm happy to say that uh, it is available um, essentially in our entire uh, hospital system. It's, it's quite unique in, in some ways. One of the reasons why I, uh, I took this job working for the CMO, uh, Dr. Peter Armstrong, is because it was uh, done out of a central location. Tampa, Florida, is the informatics hub for the entire healthcare system, and uh, every one of our hospitals has a, if you will, a slice of the database that is uh, the uh, Shriners Hospital for Children Information System, or SHISH, uh, as our acronym. And um, it's my job to continue to um, enhance, improve, uh, adapt, process, redesign uh, the use of information technology uh, for the purposes of quality and uh, safety of care and the improvement in both of those over time. Now, how do I get involved with privacy? Privacy and security of clinical information uh, is uh, is a uh, inextricable uh, partner with uh, the improvement in the quality and um, safety of care for so many reasons. Um, for I think some pretty evident reasons, the idea of, of, uh, of children that we care for with, uh, for example, uh, very severe burns, uh, the idea of information privacy, the idea of making sure that the information is given to uh, who it needs to be given to and not to those that don't need it, um, the notion of interoperability within our system, uh, as we often uh, have patients uh, that are cared for and, and given different services at different hospitals in our system, and uh, as well as transfer of that information after the child uh, uh, is, uh, is cared for and uh, is going to return home or to uh, to another location. So it, it is a constant concern. It has been a key focus of uh, this organization and my role um, since uh, the beginning. And uh, it is a job of continued uh, and uh, everlasting vigilance. I understand that your organization doesn't have a full-time chief security officer, but that the CIO pretty much serves in that role. Can you shed some light on that? Yes. Uh, uh, Mr. Eugene DeMore uh, is our CIO, and uh, in, in as much as the, the nervous system of uh, Shriners Hospital for Children is its electronic medical record, uh, Gene is the, um, is the uh, effective CSO, Chief Security Officer, uh, because it is uh, the most consistent element amongst all of our hospital system. And I should say that, that our hospitals geographically, which is one of our, uh, our uh, perpetual challenges, 
uh, is from um, uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, to Honolulu, Hawaii, and then from Montreal, Canada, down to Mexico City, Mexico. So uh, covering that massive uh, uh, North American and then some geographical uh, environment uh, from a security standpoint, never mind uh, all of the other perspectives that we have to deal with with our EMR, is, a, uh, is more than a full-time job. And our legal department, uh, uh, Ms. Lori Spieler is uh, uh, the chief of that section, has uh, from the very beginning been our close partner with regards to uh, compliance, um, uh, security standards, and insistence on uh, the, the, both the balance between um, information access uh, by who needs to know that information, as I mentioned, the, uh, the um, uh, distribution of services and care uh, is a shared responsibility in our system at the same time, uh, basically making each hospital in our system uh, their own security entity. And so Gene uh, and his staff uh, have, uh, have been the architects and the um, maintainers of the technology uh, for that uh, structure from a security standpoint throughout our 22 hospital system. What steps is your organization taking now to begin preparing for compliance with the new federal security breach notification regulations? Is that is that a function primarily of that legal team you referred to, or do you get involved in that as well? Um, I don't get directly involved in that, except uh, as uh, notification, as events occur, and of course uh, dealing with uh, with all that uh, that the clinicians are involved uh, with that. But you're correct; it is uh, it is primarily the role and responsibility of our legal team, uh, the, uh, the necessary um, data reporting and, uh, and um, uh, review of uh, policies and procedures I certainly get involved with, along with uh, uh, Mr. DeMore and uh, uh, Ms. Spieler, but, uh, but it, is, uh, it is, uh, um, is primarily the legal department that, uh, that uh, uh, actually manages the review and investigation of uh, compliance and security issues. Maybe you can give us a, a flavor of some of the key data security technologies that your fellow um, physicians on staff there uh, use as they're accessing clinical systems day-to-day and what new technologies you might be adding in the months ahead. Certainly. Um, well, strong two-factor authentication is uh, kind of the uh, the front end of uh, of our uh, security environment, and what we use uh, is a uh, well-established, mature uh, technology, smart card technologies, as well as a regular password system. But both both must be available. Um, newer uh, uh, technologies include uh, key fob for clinicians that, um, uh, with authorization, have need for a remote access to our electronic medical record uh, with uh, technology, again, that is rather mature, a continuously changing uh, a, a third level, uh, besides the uh, smart card and the passwording, uh, the need for them to have uh, the proper uh, digital sequence as a series of numbers on a synchronized uh, key fob device of a, the sequence of which is known only in the machine room here in, in Tampa uh, for a particular uh, time in a particular uh, location. And if those numbers don't line up, you don't get access remotely from our system as we, we, uh, we spent a good bit of time trying to get the highest level of uh, security uh, in, that, uh, in that eventuality. And uh, we're always 
uh, looking at. We've had demonstrations of everything from face recognition technologies to uh, to uh, other strategies uh, as we go forward in trying to strike the critical balance between uh, necessary access and uh, um, unacceptable risk uh, of uh, of uh, uh, loss of data integrity and uh, and uh, confidentiality. Are you making very extensive use of encryption so far? Um, all of the communications uh, that uh, occur uh, through the system have um, have encrypted uh, communications. We've also added. I should mention. I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, recently, a lot of a lot of people uh, immediately gravitate towards the EMR, like I did, uh, when talking about security, and uh, not so much about uh, email, standard email, um, but. Um, uh, the uh, Zix, Z-I-X, I uh, hope it's okay to say that, uh, in uh, uh, technology is something that we have acquired uh, and implemented. And um, what that is is a uh, system that is designed specifically for email communications wherein um, it actually, uh, machine, reads the uh, email communications that are occurring throughout our system and if um, uh, screens are met, if a, uh, for example, uh, a social security number or a patient number uh, in our uh, from our electronic matter record is included, not in the EMR, but in an email using, and we use Outlook uh, system, it will automatically encrypt that email communication. If it is a communication between individuals within our system, that encryption uh, is essentially um, uh, transparent to the user, other than um, the both the sending and the receiving position see the words encrypted, uh, 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 the note in the uh, header of their email. If, however, the communication is going outside our system, then uh, what would occur is that a automatic message uh, without any patient identifiable information is sent to the intended recipient of that email message, and they must sign on securely with a uh, approved process to a portal where that email message could be uh, obtained after we authenticate that that person calling back in or emailing back in is who they say they are. So um, uh, it's, it's, in fact, to me, a newer technology, um, but it involves software and hardware, and it's a wonderful way to both enable communications, uh, as uh, is, of course, becoming more and more important in the era of uh, uh, um, patient access to their uh, own information and the sensitivity that the best care is really delivered in, in a dialogue between the doctors and their, and their patients and the other clinicians and their patients, but at the same time uh, being very uh, mindful of the need to safeguard that same uh, uh, trusted relationship. Very good. Uh, finally, uh, what advice would you give to um, folks who have responsibility for data security at other hospitals about how to reach out to involve physicians in the selection and adoption of security technologies and creation of security policies? How can they get the doctors involved? Well, you know, this is that's a great question, and uh, and I think the way uh, to always appeal to uh, clinicians um, and uh, and um, at least it's, it's it's been my experience is that if it, if a um, technology makes sense uh, from uh, from the standpoint of protecting the relationship between the clinician and the patient, or the patient's uh, safety and privacy, 
for the patient's safety, privacy, and uh, quality and safety of care, then physicians can get behind those technologies, even if it provides them some degree of uh, inconvenience or change. If, on the other hand, uh, they perceive uh, a security addition to their environment as inhibiting communication or somehow compromising their ability of, of reaching their patients and communicating with them, they strongly oppose it, and they should. So I think it really is uh, my job and uh, and other CMIOs uh, in AMDIS and, and, uh, and other organizations to continually seek the balance between safety and quality of care, really the practice of medicine, what it's all about, and the advocacy for our patients' health, care, and uh, safety uh, and quality. Uh, rather than uh, rather than implement technologies just because we have one. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Bria. Uh, we've been talking today with Bill Bria of Shriners Hospitals for Children. This is Howard Anderson of the Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening. <laughs>